You are listening to Proof Text, a Glossa House podcast exploring scripture with Dr. T. Michael W. Halcombe and Dr. Frederick J. Long. Welcome and enjoy. Hello, friends, and welcome to Proof Text. I'm Michael Halcombe. I'm here with Fred Long. This is a Grammar Point episode, and we're still talking about verbs. All right, we, uh, in the last episode, talked about grammatical mood or verbal mood, and we're still on that. We want to talk today, I think, about indicative mood. So, Fred, tell us what does the word indicative mean? I think in Greek, if I'm remembering correctly, it's oristike, um, oristike enclesis, indicative mood. What does indicative signify? Why do we call it that? Indicative. Well, it's, uh, and to indicate something means to kind of point at something, to indicate point. And the indicative mood is, is, a uh, the mood or mode is an orientation, inclination towards simple statement of fact. So the indicative mood is the most frequently occurring mood in the New Testament. And it's what beginning students first learn. And it's got these six, seven, eight different tenses that we learn. Uh, and um, and so, yeah, they're, they're, uh, it's a simple statement of fact. These statements of fact can be ranging from questions, asking questions, you know, is it, is it going to rain today or pre- past tense? Did it rain yesterday to future tense? Will it rain tomorrow? Those are all inter- uh, inter- uh, interrogatives, questions, uh, which are ascertaining or, or seeking information about simple uh, facts. Um, mm. We could also point out things like, um, this happened, that happened, this will happen, like a narrative. We could tell a story in uh, present tense, past time frame, future time frame. And, and those are all statements of, of what is taken to be a uh, fact in those respective time frames. We can also use the indicative mood with the subordinate clauses um, of like cause, uh, OT, uh, because of this, or Epi, since this, um, when this, ote, uh, when this happened, then Jesus did this. Uh, we could also use it in conditional statements with e, the conjunction e, uh, meaning if. Um, so one thing that is helpful to learn is that when certain conjunctions are used, it often uh, follows that a certain mood will be used. So when I see E, uh, meaning if, I'm looking for the indicative mm-hmm. mood. When I'm seeing um, when I'm seeing epi, I'm looking for the indicative mood. Epi means uh, since or because. Um, ota, when I'm looking at ota, I'm looking for the indicative mood. Now you do have some variations on on that kind of rule, but it's it's probably helpful in your mind to to mm-hmm. begin to equate certain subordinating conjunctions with moods. So when yeah. I see yeah. osta, osta means so that I'm thinking typically infinitive mood, but it can be used with the indicative mood, and there's a slight difference between the two. Um, osta can also be used uh, with imperatives. So that one's kind of a tricky one, uh, but we have to pay attention to um, the slight differences that the different moods brings. Oste with the infinitive 
is what's called a natural result. So OSTA indicates a result clause, so that, with the result that. If you have OSTA with the indicative mood, it becomes, um, it's called a result uh, in fact. So in which uh, with result that in fact, this indeed happened. Uh, so a result in fact. So OSTA is a projected or uh, with, with the infinitive is, is like a pos like a not in fact, it's less vivid. When you use the indicative mood, it becomes more concrete, more factual. It is a mm. result in fact. So in general, when you have options, construction options, and you can use one mood or another mood, if the indicative mood is chosen, it's, it's more vivid. It's more prominent in terms of vividness. So, for example, you can have the mm -hmm. imperative mood. Don't do that. You shouldn't do that. But if you say you shall not do that, well, that actually can occur. You can actually have an imperative idea, a command that is given with the future indicative. And when you have such a command that is using the future tense indicative, it is very vivid and very... Uh, pronounced. And by the way, the Septuagint translates the Ten Commandments as future indicatives. Thou shalt yeah. not. So, um, so yeah, in other words, there's a recognition that th there's an extra prominence to the, those commands. And so, yeah, that's just a little reflection on the indicative mood, simple statement of fact, use in questions. You could even use it in commands. Uh, but um, but yeah, it's indicative it's, of reality. It's indicative of fact. It's indicative of fact. Yeah. 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 Past, present or future. Yeah. Good. So think of indicative mood as indicative of fact. Yeah, it's good. A basic good statement of fact. Yeah. But it can be used in suppositions. You know, if it rains tomorrow, you know, it's kind mm. of envisioning that as a simple fact. You could yeah. use uh, another word for if and another mood and say the same thing right? Uh, and that, construe that uh, less certainly or less vividly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the conditions are really tough and we'll probably, we'll have many episodes looking at conditions. I treat that mm -hmm. in chapter 26 of my Kine Greek grammar, but uh, they're a lot of fun and very dynamic. But yeah, paying attention to mood is important. If you can learn conjunctions that tend to go with certain moods, that'll be helpful for you. And then if you notice, oh, well, this can alternatively be an infinitive or a subjunctive rather than a future tense, then that you start asking good questions of like, well, why? Why is it the indicative mm -hmm. mood here instead of the subjunctive? So typically, if, if I were to hierarchize, uh, place in hierarchy the moods, I would say that the most indescript mood is the infinitive then i would go to participle then i would go to optative then i would go to subjunctive then i would go to imperative and then i would go to indicative so there's a scale of of vividness concreteness prominence of these moods the infinitive is just like a verbal noun it's like a basic idea um almost like a noun. 
But when you go to a participle, which is the next step up, you're getting into like an adjective and um, it's a little bit more prominent. And then, like I said, optative is a wish, then subjunctive is possibility, imperative are commanding, you're like obligating people to do stuff. And then the most vivid, in my, my estimation, is the indicative mood, which uh, concretizes things, indicates fact. Hmm. Excellent. All right. Well, appreciate that. And uh, we hope you're enjoying these Grammar Point episodes. Hit the like button, subscribe, follow, whatever you got to do. Hit reshare and uh, help us get the word out. We appreciate it. Hope that helps. Interested in growing your ancient language skills but not sure where to start? Glossa House can help. From illustrated readers and short stories to lexicons and grammars, Glossa House offers a variety of resources for beginning, intermediate, and experienced ancient language learners. Head to glossahouse.com today. Glossa House, language resources for the global community.